Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Catholic voice in America. Why? Because I talk about the most important things that no one else is talking about. The things that matter to you, such as why the world isn't working right now. Because we all get that the world's not working. All the hatred and divisiveness, all the labels, even amongst Christians. Why are we fighting each other instead of out fighting the evil in the world? Plus, I tackle unspeakable topics that you may secretly struggle with but won't admit. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist. And I was almost murdered twice, but God spared my life. Why? Because God had a higher purpose for my life. And now he's doing it. This show was created for you, the person who wants to be accepted, who wants to be loved, and who wants to be reminded that there's a higher purpose for your life. If this is your first time joining us, thank you for being here. And if you're one of the thousands of listeners in over 30 countries across the planet who listen every single week, thank you for being here. I just want to acknowledge you. The show does not happen without you. So let's get into it. Today, our featured guest is Matt Lozano, and Matt is the Director of Leadership Development for Heart of the Father Ministries. He has 12 years of teaching experience and holds a master's degree in educational leadership from Villanova University and a master's degree in theology from Augustine Institute. He and his wife, Jennifer, have four children and live in the Philadelphia area. He is the co-author of Unbound Ministries Guidebook and Abba's Heart. If you're a Catholic, you probably know his mom and his dad through their Unbound Ministry. Matt, welcome to the show. Um, Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you, brother? Thanks, Joseph. Um, So I have, uh, I like to say that I'm blissfully married to my wife, Jennifer. She's uh, an amazing woman. I think uh, to, to end up with any woman is a miracle, but to, to be married to such an incredible woman is, is uh, such a joy. And we do have four children. We have two, two boys, uh, two girls, and one more on the way. So we're, we're expecting a girl in, in August. Um, I was uh, raised in a, in a Christian community, in an ecumenical community, uh, charismatic community. And, uh, I was raised to, I, I knew the right answers. I knew about God. I knew who Jesus was. Uh, but I, I didn't really come to a personal relationship with the Lord until about my senior year in high school. And, uh, I had a pretty amazing encounter with him. Uh, I had hit rock bottom. I was, I was seeking to fill my life in a lot of different ways. And I finally gave up. I just surrendered my life to him. And uh, my life has just been one amazing roller coaster ever since. And the Lord never really let me go. Uh, so, you know, I, I was a high school teacher for about 12 years after, after graduating from college. Uh, just, just doing the next thing for my family. Just learning about, you know, uh, what he had for me. And uh, the Lord called me very clearly to this, this ministry, the Unbound Ministry, and I went full-time about six years ago. And uh, since then, I've just really come to understand and encounter the power of the gospel to transform lives. It's, it's just been amazing to see uh, people's hearts and lives transformed uh, simply by, by faith, by, by receiving the message about Jesus and being, being transformed by his love. So it's... Mm. We, we call it a holy addiction because it's, it's such a joy to be a part of. I bet, right? You, you get to see miracles like on a daily or weekly basis. All the basis. time. 
All the time. That's phenomenal. Yeah. So guys, if you're just joining us right now, we are hanging out with Matt Lozano. Matt is the co-author of Abba's Heart. Abba's Heart is in a phenomenal book. I'm going to try and get the light off there for our YouTube watchers. Um, I got to read this book and you know, let me share an endorsement. Like a, someone wrote this, right? And I think it just captures it. So I'm not even going to say it in my own words. I'm just going to share what this person wrote. This is John Dawson, President Emeritus with Youth with a Mission. He wrote about this book. This book is a gift to this generation. Deep emotional healing flows from the experience of reading these pages. This is not an abstract text about God. Rather, it is a journey of discovery about the way God feels about you, his child, you will encounter his love personally. This understanding will be foundational for a totally new level of wholeness and joy in your life. And I got to say, Matt, that's exactly what I experienced. Um, I grew up with uh, my parents raising me in the, the Catholic tradition, and it was uh, more of an emphasis on uh, God as uh, judge and ruler, um, condemner. So it was mostly condemnation and justice and, and hell and sin. Um, and I know as a listener, many of you have grown up in those types of environments and our parents did the best they could with what they knew in those times of their lives. However, we, we got half of the truth, right? We got more of the Old, Old Testament, as I say, God, um, and less of the New Testament God, where God reveals more about his heart, right? And he shares the fatherly love through his son, Jesus, and he shares his love and his mercy and his forgiveness and his redemption. And I got to tell you, this book helped me to experience God the Father in a real and personal way as a father and not as a tyrant, because I feel it's very difficult to love a tyrant, isn't it? <laughs> That's right. And, and if, if that was your case um, and you grew up in that environment as well, go ahead and get this book. You can find it at heartofthefather.com. That's heartofthefather.com. Matt, let's get into this uh, show here. I always start the same way. Why do you think the world isn't working right now? If I could sum it up in, in one word, it would be fatherlessness. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're living on an orphan planet and, and the fundamental uh, thing that the power of sin does, you know, we, we think about sin as, as uh, creating separation with God, as, as a distortion of our, of our nature, as a power. Uh, but the main effect of sin is, is to create orphans. It turns sons into orphans. And, um, you know, we're all living from that broken place of, uh, you know, wanting to be known, wanting to be loved for who we are, and yet, uh, there's an ache in our heart. There's a there's an emptiness that fills us uh, that that we can't really describe. And and some people don't even realize what that what they need the most is the father. And um, you know, you can even look at our our current day politicians and see some of the things that they tweet or some of the things, and you see that that fundamental fatherless, the lack of the lack of affirmation, the lack of knowing our identity uh, in the way that we relate to one another. And uh, the good news is that Jesus came to restore that. Jesus came to reveal the Father. Uh, he not only came to take away sin, but he came to reveal to us uh, a loving Father, a Father who runs to us, uh, and a Father who, who wants to raise us. You know, I often tell people, 
you know, Jesus rejoiced that uh, the children were coming into the kingdom of heaven. And he didn't say, grow up and then join the kingdom. Mm. He said, Father, I rejoice that you've revealed these things to little children. He actually wants us to grow up and, and mature in the context of, of a relationship with the Father. Um, so that's, that's really the fundamental to problem is, you know, that we see the brokenness in the world is, uh, you know, the lack of an awareness that we are loved uh, and that we have a really good Father. And everything else kind of flows from that, whether we're, we're seeking, you know, political answers or economic answers to our problems or legal responses. It's all the same. It's all the same brokenness. Matt, so, I, I absolutely think you just nailed it with the one word fatherlessness, right? The world is missing fathers, fatherhood, right? In general, the enemy is literally, in my opinion, on a, a rampage to destroy the family unit, right? That's why, you know, 50% of the dads are, are not even present. And I think the statistic is higher, you know, mm -hmm. and kids are growing up without human dads and they're being stripped away of the father relationship with God, the father as well. So complete orphans. like this is powerful messaging. And, you know, you spoke about uh, how the gospel reveals uh, the father. And I think like I, I speak with a lot of my um, uh, Protestant brothers and non-denominational and all that. And, you know, they, I think we get caught up as Christians in general on, and there's, on Jesus, right? And we're like, Jesus, gee, oh yeah, he's my personal Lord and Savior and everything. Yes, that's all necessary. That's why he was sent. However, what we have to remember is that Jesus had one mission and that was to show us the Father, yeah. to point us to the Father. I and the Father am one. I am in him, he is in me. And when you're in me, then you're in the Father and the Father's in you. And it's like, we missed that whole huge message. Yeah. And we get caught up on like seeing Jesus, but not going through Jesus. Jesus is the bridge to the father. That's yeah. why he came so that the father can reveal his love for his children so that we're no longer orphans. And I think you landed it spot on. What shows up for you in that? Well, um, you know, Pope Benedict said, said in the, he wrote in Jesus of Nazareth that Jesus relationship with the father was the center of his personality. And without it, no one can really understand Jesus at all. <laughs> so, the the you know I often refer to this as Jesus's secret sauce. You know, <laughs> where did all these miracles flow from? Where does his ministry come from? Where does that love? Where does that power come from? And in the Book of John, we see clearly that he says everything I I say, everything I do, you know, is what I see the Father doing. And so in every miracle and every act of love, every, every proclamation that Jesus makes, we're seeing the image of the invisible God. We're seeing the father revealed to us. You know, Jesus, you know, says, daughter, your, your, your sins are forgiven. Your faith has healed you. Uh, that's a father daughter moment. When he protects the woman caught in adultery, uh, he, he, that's the father. That, mm. Jesus came to show us that. And ultimately, if you, go, if you go back to the garden, the original deception of the enemy was that the father is not good and he can't be trusted. When we see Jesus on the cross, 
and his love poured out for us, when we see his blood poured out for us, we see the answer to that lie, which is God is such a good father. He is the ultimate giver and he gave us everything. He gave us the most precious thing in the world, which is his only begotten son for our salvation. And so, so in the cross, we see the, the destruction of the power of that lie. Hmm. And that's, that's what we proclaim as Christians. It's, it's the only religion that declares God as a good father, that that's his identity. So for eternity, he's always been a father. I love what that you just said that, right? Because there's so many other um, faiths out there in the world, world religions, right? But they see God as uh, a leader, as a warrior, someone to be feared, but there is no personal relationship as God is your father. Right. And only Christianity reveals that. Yep. And, and I think that's so powerful. What a great message. Very cool. So I'm going I'm to shift this just a little bit, right? Um, Matt, there's, as you know, there's more than 30,000 different denominations of Christianity on planet Earth today. Why do you think the Christian world is so divided? Um, I think... And I, this has been a part of my life for, for a really long time. We, uh, my family, my community, we've always been called to be a sign of unity. Uh, John 17 was really uh, a scripture that impacted us powerfully. So, so reaching out and being a part of people's lives uh, from, from different denominations, different groups, not only uh, being a blessing to them, but also receiving the best that they are has really made us who we are. And, and there, would be, there would be no unbound ministry. There would be no uh, heart of the father ministries without uh, the influence, the blessing of knowing various uh, Protestant brothers and sisters. So this is something that's really deep, deep uh, in my heart is, is the unity of, of believers. I think one of the things I've encountered the most that creates division is fear. We are afraid to get close. We are afraid to be misunderstood. Nobody, nobody wants to be judged. Mm. Um, and we, we, we understand there's theological hurdles that, that just can't be overcome, and, and some of them will never be overcome in our lifetime. And, and the question is, how do you maintain love in that tension? You know, how do you... How do you act as a bridge uh, to those who think differently than you, who disagree with you about scripture or, or doctrine. And, um, and yet the proclamation of the gospel will never be as powerful without unity. It's absolutely essential uh, that believers with one heart and one voice declare Jesus. And so I, I think one of the things that we have failed to do is to lift Jesus higher. You know, we, we all like to wave our flags, you know, <laughs> our, our favorite doctrine, our favorite devotion, our favorite, you know, uh, way of thinking, you know, even, even amongst Catholic circles, we do, you know, Catholics do this to other Catholics, you know, we, we wave our flag uh, higher than the flag of Jesus. And if, mm. if that, if we do that, then there's a problem, there's a dysfunction. And I, I think once, once we get our priorities straight, which is, which is Jesus uh, declaring him as Lord 
and proclaiming the simple message of the gospel, which some of our Protestant brothers just do so well, and we, we can learn from them. Mm-hmm. Um, then you're going to see, and, and you know, that, that was really the problem for the Pharisees. They, they made the things that were, that were minor, they made them major. And uh, the love of God, the love of neighbor came second to them. And so if you put first things first um, and you you stay in that tension, but you love your brother, you know, I often tell people there's, there's no theological disputes in heaven. (laughs) We're going to see everything clearly. When you see Jesus in his glory, you'll have no more questions. You'll have no more disputes, but there will be relationships in heaven. So what's, what's our priority now on earth? Mm. We need to invest in relationships. It's the only thing that lasts, right? Yep. Relationship and, with God and relationship with others. And he's going to want to know, did you learn how to love? And I, 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 the amazing secret, because I, I think Jesus is a little sneaky. He's, <laughs> it, he, brings you to your, he brings you to himself and he draws you to the Father. But as a bonus, you find your brothers and your sisters. And mm. when you find them, you find the lost treasure. So I don't look at my brothers and sisters in, in other denominations and say, oh, they're, they're so lost and they're, they don't have this or they don't have that. I see them as treasure that I need in my life. Mm. And uh, when we embrace each other that way, when we, when we receive the gift that we are, you know, we're actually becoming uh, more Catholic, better Catholics. <laughs> because, um, you know, for example, Jesus uh, he, he asked what the greatest commandment was. And they said, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And then they wanted to know who's my neighbor. And he said, well, let me tell you about a Samaritan. <laughs> so what Jesus was basically saying is if you want to know the essence of being a true Jew, look at the Samaritan because he's got it. He may be totally different from you. His theology is different from you. He worships differently from you. And yet he's captured the essence of being a Jew, the first commandment. And God often does that. He, he will draw, bring people into your life that you, you just can't agree with on anything. And yet they have the very thing that you need the most. Love it. Broken Catholic Nation, BC Nation, listen to the wisdom that Matt is dropping right now. Love your brothers in other denominations, find the commonalities, make the commonalities major, make the differences minor, not the other way around. I'll share a quick story. I was just at our church carnival here. Uh, it's a huge carnival they do uh, once a year. They get about 3,000 people a night, four, four nights in a row. And I'm sitting there at the table um, and I'm eating and uh, I sat down, I asked if I could sit down at a table with people I didn't know. And they welcomed me and it was totally cool. They asked what I do. And I say, oh, I host a podcast. Um, and they're like, what's it about? I'm like broken Catholic. And I interview Catholics, Protestants and all this stuff. Right. And they were like, so this was their first question, Matt. It was a divisive question. It yeah. was, so do you really believe as a Catholic that you should confess your sins to a priest and not to God himself? I mean, like, do you really believe that? And they said it with that kind of tonality mm-hmm. like immediately re- trying to repel me rather than invite me in yeah. and build relationship and i said listen whatever answer you're looking for just google it 
And, and they were like, what? No, we want to hear your answer. I was like, no, you don't. You just want to look for another reason to feel right. Right. And, and, and I get it. I was like, but at, at the end of the day, and they kept like trying to pull me in with these divisive type of things. Well, you know, this Bible verse says this, and this Bible verse says this. And I was like, yeah. And then this Bible verse adds this and this Bible yeah. verse, you have to look sure. at the Bible in its wholeness, holistically, yeah. not just pick and choose. And I said, listen, at the end of the day, you and I are brothers and sisters, Right. We all worship the same God. We all love our families and we all want heaven. Yeah. And that is more important than the differences in our theology. Yeah. And listen, I am not here to win you to my side or my flag, as you say, Matt. Um, and, and hopefully you're not here to win me to yours. If God placed you in that denomination, God bless you, you know, and I will see you in heaven, right? God willing. Yep. And, and that's enough. And it's like, let's talk about instead of putting all this energy into making each other wrong, let's unify, follow the one flag of Jesus, go out into the world and attack the evil. And I believe that the enemy uses these distractions in the differences that we have in our denominations to keep us from going and fighting him yep. right in the world. What shows up for you in that, Matt? Well, I, I have a lot of these conversations. I was, uh, when I was in college, I was a, a prayer coordinator for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. So I was the, I was the token Catholic <laughs> and they actually invited, they invited me to be leading their prayer meetings. Uh, wow. so it was, it was a great opportunity. And I, I had a lot of those conversations and some of them were combative and some of them were, were difficult. And, you know, uh, if you're called to be a bridge, if you're called to go to the middle you're going to get hit with stones on both sides. That's, that's just part of the territory. And that's, that's, <laughs> you know, that's part of being an ambassador for Christ. It's, it's, you know, being a reconciler and, and I, I'm happy to take a stone for my brothers and sisters, you know, on the Protestant side or the Catholic side, if, if I can bring people together, I think for many Protestants, it's, um, they've never, they've never had an encounter with a Catholic who, really knows the scriptures and understands the scriptural basis for what they believe. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I often tell my Protestant brothers, I say, I'm, I'm a Catholic because of the Bible, not in spite of it, you know, and, and, and they're like, really, you know? And, and so to be able to point them to a couple of scriptures that supports or, or just begins the dialogue for understanding what we believe. And, and I, I just often, point them, you know, in the direction of my goal is to understand you, you know, and if you want to understand me, I'd be happy to, to explain what I believe. Um, you know, but I'm not really interested in, in arguing or, or winning, winning you over to my side. But if you're interested in me, if you're interested in what I believe, I, I'd be happy to share that with you. Um, I think yeah. that's a great approach. Yeah. It immediately says, Hey, listen, I have no weapons on me. Right. You know, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm harmless. Right. And it's really hard to attack someone who's got their hands up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's a great approach. Um, now let me ask you this, Matt. I think it's really easy to know of God, like know God in our head with our yeah. upbringing. You spoke about this earlier, but we can go our entire lives without ever knowing him personally and letting him come to know us. Right. 
Yeah. By name, when was the first time that you experienced God in that tangible way? I know you said it was in uh, college or high school area, but um, take us, paint us a vivid picture and tell us that story when you literally experienced like the Father's love for mm. the first time in your life. Wow. Well, there's a number of <laughs> experiences that I could point to. Uh, you know, growing up, I had a number of encounters with God, you know, brief moments where he'd reveal himself to me or I'd see something in scripture and, and it would come alive, but it always kind of die out. Uh, the first, you know, experience was before my, before my senior year in high school, I had really hit rock bottom. I had, I had invested my whole life into um, sports and wrestling and, and all these other pursuits. And, and one by one, they just kind of collapsed. And, you know, I was left uh, really heartbroken mm. And I, I was, it was before my senior year in high school, I was talking to a friend. She worked at a, at a swimming pool. So we were hanging out at a swimming pool and I was telling her about the emptiness in my life. And, and finally I just got fed up and I said, Hey, would you, would you pray with me? And she was, she was a, an evangelical friend. And I, I said, will you just pray that prayer that everybody's been talking about? <laughs> you know, Lord, I give you my life. I surrender to you. Thank mm. you for, for dying for me. And in my head, I was thinking, Oh, this is just another prayer. Uh, you know, in a week or two, I'll be back to, to drinking and, and partying and all that other stuff. And, and as soon as I gave, I, I prayed that prayer to surrender, I heard the Lord, uh, I, just, I just heard him in my heart saying, you're never going back. I, mm. I knew something had changed, mm. uh, that I had given him something that I wasn't going to take back. And uh, I began to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit uh, and just a peace and a joy uh, that just, it just took over my life. I mean, my, my teachers thought I was on drugs because I was such a miserable person before. Uh, they actually saw my, you know, I pulled my hat way down over my eyes and, you know, they actually saw my face for the first time. Mm. So there was just a freedom to be myself, uh, a humility. I wasn't struggling. I wasn't fighting anymore. And I just had the, the desire to love other people. I love it. Uh, so that was, ask, that was the first encounter and, and he's really never let me go. You know, it's, it's been almost so, years. So his, his word was true. You're never yeah. going back. That's awesome. Yeah. Matt, if you were to be 100% transparent right now, in what area of your life do you still struggle to trust God? That's a good one. Um, I think, I often, I often get the sense that the Lord wants me to take uh, greater risks. Mm. And um, it's, it's very hard not to depend on myself. Mm. You know, that, that, that's, a, that's an addiction, I think. It's just when, when you see that you can do something about your situation, when you can uh, work a little harder or try a little harder and, and – um, you know, many times I sense that the Lord is nudging me and saying, you've got to rest. You've got to uh, trust me on this. You've got to be in that uncomfortable place. And so I, I think that affects my prayer life. Oftentimes I'm, I'm too quick with my hand on the door in prayer because I want to get something done. And, um, you know, it, he's so gentle with me. He's so, you know, he, he's not yelling at me. He's just saying, you know, come back, you know, spend a little bit more time with me. And, uh, and when I do that, uh, I experience so much of his power, so much of his grace. 
but I still feel like such a baby in, in, in trusting him with my daily agenda, with my, uh, with my work. Um, so you know, someone, someone brought up yesterday, um, I gave a talk at a church uh, about what God's done in my life yesterday morning, and someone brought up um, the, uh, the uh, scripture verse from the Old Testament um, where uh, the uh, Israelites are fed the manna in the desert, right. but uh, it would only last for the uh, one day, right? and every day they would wake up not knowing if God was going to provide food for the next day. And they were not allowed to store it, right? It would just wither and, and, and dry up. And like that dependency that the father wants us to have on him yeah. is exactly what you just described in yeah. your life. It's yeah. like he constantly wants us to show up as children, not as know-it-alls, yeah. not as fixers, but as children. I think that's beautiful. Matt, why do you think that 90% of people sh- are struggling to find their purpose? Cause they don't know the father. I think, uh, and until we know our source, our creator, until we know uh, that we were willed, that we were desired, that we were loved, uh, and that he has a purpose, a plan for our life, as you said in the beginning, um, we're always going to be kind of grasping and, and seeking and, and stretching for that. And, and we all do it in, in different ways. Um, but it, it, it took me, even as, a, even as a believer, even following Jesus, it took me a long time to really come to know the Father and, and understand um, just how deeply I was loved, not for what mm-hmm. I do, not for my performance. You know, in, in the church, we, we can find ourselves either as the older brother or the younger brother. <laughs> the younger brother is kind of like, well, I'm worthless. I'm a screw up. Mm-hmm. Nothing I do works, so why try? You know, and and so we, that's that's the folks we see fleeing the doors and and going out into the world, and mm-hmm. and then and then there's the older brother who says, well, I've got to be good enough. I got to prove to Jesus that, you know, him choosing me was a good idea. <laughs> so we say, thank you, Lord, for your grace, but I'll take it from here. And and we're just we're just trying to prove ourselves, and and that ulti- ultimately fails. And hmm. we often in our ministry, we describe, you know, the two roots of our human nature, our sinful human nature, are fear and pride. We are either driven by fear or we're driven by pride. And, and God, through the Holy Spirit, gives us a new nature in Christ. And in that nature in Christ, it's the spirit of sonship. So we come to know our identity. He takes away the insecurity uh, through a relationship with him. And it's, it's in walking out that relationship with him that we find our purpose and, and, and meaning in life. And, and, and there's such joy in, in living according to the plans that he has for us because we find out that, wow, he knew better than we did <laughs> what was best for us. You know, he actually, he actually uh, knows our hearts better than we do and, and draws us to deeper fulfillment and meaning. And it's as we, as we love him and as we love other people. You know, and uh, the world will tell us that we need to focus more on ourselves and we draw it more inward and, and we find ourselves more isolated and lonely. That's than right. Before. And I think that's what the enemy wants, right? All of us isolated and divided. <clears throat> Matt, in 60 seconds, um, the next question I have is a powerful one. It's, I think it's human to experience a crisis in faith. What do you want to say to the person listening right now who has given up on God? 
Um, I've been down that road. I've been uh, tested in my faith. I've, I've been uh, in seasons of my life where I, I remember tell, telling my friends to pray for me because I thought I was becoming an atheist. Mm. You know, the, the answers that I relied on when I was younger just weren't working anymore. And uh, I was fearful because I, I knew intimacy with God and it just, I was entering into a, a dark night. I didn't, I didn't know what the dark night was, but I was going through it. And, um, you know, we all, we all go through that. Um, but there's, there's a turning point. I, I think that happened for me and, and that can happen for all of us. Um, what'd you do to get out of it? I, I remember it's kind of funny, but I got mad. <laughs> Sometimes that's a good thing. I actually got mad. I was, I was on a run and you know, my life was just, just, it, it just seemed like darkness. There was darkness all around me and there wasn't, there wasn't an answer. There wasn't an exit. And, um, you know, I, I knew the truth in, in the deepest place and I wanted to respond to it regardless of how I felt, regardless of what I was going through. And I remember just, I was just, I was on a run and I just took off, you know, you know, when you get a hard workout in and it was almost like through the workout, I was expressing the will of my desire. I was like, God, it's going to be you or nothing. Mm. If I'm going to go off this cliff and, and uh, you know, I don't care if I ever experience you again. I don't care if I ever have that consolation or that you, you validate my faith. I'm giving you everything. And, uh, it was shortly after that that just everything began to change. And, and gradually, I, I had some friends who kind of spoon-fed me scripture and nursed me back to health and, and uh, you know, helped me deal with some of the deceptions and the, the despair in my life. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes God strips us down so that we can give him a, a pure yes. And, and that's what, what he did for me. Um, that's powerful to get around good people, get around people. If you don't have faith, people can lend you their faith. I've done it for others and people can do it for you. They can hold your hands up. They can pray for you. You know, sometimes you just don't have anything to give and, and they, they can, they can help you out. Matt, let me ask you this. Another transparent question. What's the number one fear about God that really messes with your head sometimes? Hmm. You know, I, I, uh, I've resolved that uh, the Lord is good and he's, he's trustworthy for my life. Um, but there, you know, as a father, when you start to see, you know, threats to your kids or things, things impacting their life, it, it's kind of taking it to another level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so... Uh, sometimes I experience fears or anxieties about my kids or their futures or, you know, uh, you know who's, who's going to be around for them to marry or, you know, those mm-hmm. big decisions that they're going to make in, in their life. And, and I, I have to trust that, you know, if Jesus came and got me and he grabbed me by the scruff of the neck, he certainly can do that for them, you know, and I, I need to lean into that in prayer. Um, that's so powerful. I, I would say that's right. a struggle. Yep. Yeah, and maybe teach you know your kids how to lean in, yeah. right? When when they fall 
and when they have the crisis and, and let them know in that conversation, you know, BC nation, I know there's uh, you're, you may be a parent listening right now. And like you said, like Matt just shared, maybe you have some of those similar insecurities and fears like, all right, well, God took care of me. I know I'm saved, but man, my, my son is like, well, my daughter is away from the church right now and it, it's not looking good. And that, you know, I had a lady come up to me in my talk yesterday and say exactly that. Joseph, do you do any personal mentoring? Um, my son is like away and he's open to hearing about God, but he's like, he, there's just no relationship there. I don't know what to do. Mm. Well, I think Matt just shared what to do. It's like, if share with them what you did in your life, nothing is more powerful as far as evangelization than sharing your story about what God did in your life. That's right. Nothing is more powerful than that. We learn through stories. So share how, listen, I experienced where you're at. I, I went through it. I felt alone. I felt isolated. I was confused. I didn't know what to do. And I got angry. Like Matt said, I got angry. And I looked up to heaven. I said, God, I don't care if I never feel you again in relationship. I am leaning in and giving everything to you. And you do whatever. Right. And that's a powerful, powerful commitment right there. And God will transform a life. Teach your kids how to do that. Teach them how to go all in. It's like, it's not, it's not like it's going to get worse for them. You know, they're, they're in a pretty dark place. You might as well teach them to lean in further and push them off the cliff. Right. And I think God will do the rest. Matt, what's the one thing you want the world to know about having a relationship with God, the father? I think uh, I think it's it's just so much more than I could ever I could ever describe or give credit. I, I could could give credit. It's like he's a consuming fire, but the bush doesn't burn. <laughs> he will he will he will take a hold of your life in ways that are scary and powerful and wonderful, and it's a great adventure. But at the same time, it's, it's like uh, Pope John the Paul, Paul II, he said, you know, Jesus Christ re- reveals man to himself. You will, you will discover who you were meant to be. And he will lead you into a life that is abundant. It's joyful. It's, uh, it's everything you've, you've ever wanted. Um, and the father, uh, he wants to be a father to you. He wants to give you counsel. He wants to give you strategies. You know, if, if there's anything, you know, just look at your own uh, parenthood. If you, if you, you know, Jesus said, if you who are wicked know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the father in heaven give the spirit to those who ask? So it's like, we can give our kids what we think is good. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not, but the father always gives the best. He always gives us the, his absolute best. And um, I, I encourage you to get to know him through a really simple childlike faith. You know, ask for a parking spot when you're driving to the mall. You know, ask him for, you know, little reminders throughout the day that he's with you. You know, invite him. I, I remember being in college and inviting him to go camping with me. <laughs> you know? I sat down on a log and I said, you know, Father, I've got to spend time with you. And, you know, I'm going to sit here. You can sit right next to me and we're just going to spend this time together. You know, mm. just just do something. Just invite him uh, into your life in, in little ways and uh, he, he will meet you there. 
I love that advice. BC Nation, listen to this advice, this wisdom. You know, a friend of mine taught me once a simple prayer. God, show me how much you love me. Mm. Right? Just God, show me how much you love me. And then look for it. Yeah. He will show you. God loves to be God. Yeah. He loves to show he's God, right? Yeah. He's a father. He loves to bestow the blessings like Matt is saying on you. Yeah. Get past the I'm not worthy. Get past the I'm not good enough. That little voice, that quiet whisper in your head, BC Nation. Let it go. It's a lie. It's a lie from the enemy. You are good enough just as you are. God loves the brokenness. God loves the cracks, the flaws, the wounds. They all are part of you. Those are the parts he loves almost most, <laughs> right? He loves the cracks most, the things you want to hide from him and others. Those are the areas he wants to love on you most. Give those to him. And I guarantee he'll transform your life like he did for Matt, like he's done for me, and he wants to do for you. Matt, share with us one of your daily habits that helps you to win in your spiritual life. Uh, I'm a Bible guy. <laughs> I've, I've, I fell in love with the scriptures uh, from my first moments of walking with the Lord. I love the word of God. And so every day uh, I read three, three chapters of, of scripture every day. Uh, it's, it's my bread. It's my food. You know, even when I, I don't, you know, I can't tangibly get something out of it. It's, it's just, uh, it's my source. And, and sometimes uh, I'll read scripture. And then actually when I go to work out or exercise, I get these, I call them downloads from heaven. You know, I'm just meditating on the word and uh, suddenly it just comes alive and, and I get these thoughts. You ever have a thought that's too good to be you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know it's the Holy spirit. I'm like, Oh, that was too good to be me. And then, throughout my day, I'm just looking for the application of the word that he gave me, you know? So, so how can I put this into practice, you know, with the people that I love, with the people that I see, or how can I pray through this, this scripture that he's given me? So that's been the, um, that's been the anchor for my life is, is a life just, just rooted in the scriptures and, and feeding on, on the word of God. It's, it's such a gift. We, God's speaking all the time. You know, it's like every time you open the Bible, God's speaking. And uh, I, I just love, I love his word and I love its power to transform my heart and, and transform my life. I love it. So BC Nation, we are speaking with Matt Lozano. He is the co-author of Abba's Heart. And you can find that at heartofthefather.com, heartofthefather.com. Matt, I'm going to invite you again on the show, and I want to speak about this uh, section four of your book, Life in the Father's House, because like the prodigal son, as you pointed out, once he returns to the father and, and gives his life to him and says, Father, I'm sorry, right? And he does the prayer, right? I want you as my, right, my dad again, and I'm not worthy, and the father takes him in. You, you raised this great thing in the book. Uh, you said, the uh, the son falls asleep, wakes up the next morning. Then what does he do? Right. What's it like to live in the father's house again? And that's a whole journey into itself. And I've, uh, I'm, I still struggle with this. Like, what's it like to, once I come back and I've left that lifestyle behind me, 
what's it like to live in the father's house? So I want to definitely invite you back on the show for that conversation. So we're going to finish with this, Matt. Um, I'd like to welcome you to the confession round. This is where I ask you 12 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Oh boy. Don't, over, don't overthink it. First thing that comes to you. Are you ready, sure. sir? Yes. All right, here we go. Matt, what's your favorite sound? <laughs> don't overthink it. That was it. Laughter. Oh, got it. Perfect. The baby's laugh. What's your least favorite sound? Uh, styrofoam peanuts. <laughs> rubbing it. together. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a tree surgeon. I don't even know what that is, but that sounds cool. <laughs> uh, what are you most afraid of? Uh, missing out on fun. Got it. What did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? Mm. Worrying. Mm -hmm. What secret fear do you have about God? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Got it. Well, I think you covered it earlier, so I'll yeah. let you know off on that one. Yeah. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Um, I think that he's a father. Yeah. Got it. What's a new habit you want to form? I want to, uh, I want to spend more time verbally praying out loud. Got it. What's a bad habit you want to break? Hmm. Uh, spend less time uh, on social media and emails. Emails <laughs> kill me. <laughs> Got it. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Um, intense, passionate, humble. Pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced God. Intense. <laughs> <laughs> passionate <laughs> and angry. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to say prideful. <laughs> cool. Um, imagine sometime in the distant future, Matt, and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it. He loved deeply. He loved Jesus. And he gave it, he gave him everything. And last question, if you could come back to life after you died and perform only one miracle for your friends or your family, what would you do for them? Hmm. Man, I need more than three seconds for that. <laughs> uh, I, think I'd like, I think I'd like the multiplication of the food. I, I think that, that would be a, a great uh, celebration. Awesome. And if God gave you a bonus round and, and you were able to share one piece of advice from the grave, what would you say to them? I think I'd tell them all about heaven. I'd, I'd love to tell them what, what, what to look forward to. That's fantastic. BC Nation, you're joining us with Matt Lozano. He's the co-author of Heart of the Father, uh, sorry, Abba's Heart. The book, Abba's Heart, go get that at heartofthefather.com. That's heartofthefather.com. And learn about how much God the Father loves you. The number one message that Jesus came to tell us is how much the Father loves us. And that means you. So, Matt, thanks for joining us today. And I wish you the love, forgiveness, and transformation of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Joseph. It's great You're to be welcome. with you. You're welcome. 
BC Nation, we exceeded our six-month goal. We now have listeners in over 31 countries. Those are lives that God is transforming. You may be one of them. It's time to step up our game. That's where you come in. Go to brokencatholic.com and become a patron of this show. If you like this ministry, if you like being part of the number one Catholic voice in America and the conversation that we just had with Matt today, and you want to see more of that in the world, and you're tired of the, the silent majority staying silent, here's a voice. I'm a voice, right? God's using me with all my brokenness. So if, if you're not ready to step up and be the voice, then at least contribute to this voice. And let's spread God's message about God's love and the Father's love across this planet and diminish the darkness on this planet. Chip in a dollar a month to become my show partner or $5 a month to get exclusive patron-only rewards. Go to BrokenCatholic.com today. I'm Joseph Warren, and you are made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day. And I'll see you right back here next week. God bless.